Welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South, this time Christmas edition. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Stitcher, where this podcast is available. And check out the website, miserable-reckless.com. Uh, the Country and Cold Cans team have released our top five favorite records of the year, as well as our five favorite songs and our the five worst songs of the year. Check that out on the uh, the blog as we speak. Um, now it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, Morgan, why don't you kick things off? Sure. Well, I guess it's been, what, two weeks <clears throat> since we uh, last chatted. So I'll give you a good, great, and ugly here. Um, my daughter, Bridget, turned two back on the 11th, and we took her to the Great Wolf Lodge in Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, to celebrate. It's uh, For those of you who don't know what that is, it has a massive indoor water park um, arcade and um, kind of just all around, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, just Google it. Um, I had a great time. My mom went, uh, Crystal folks showed up, um, had a great time. And then, um, of course, you know, with being around a thousand children and their parents, um, you would you would imagine that, that some type of illness would be floating around that cesspool, um, and ding ding ding, you would have it. Um, but that get, we'll get back to that when we get to the ugly. Um, my greats. The following week we get back and three days of cram, two days. I'm sorry, two days of cramming my payroll in, in, into two days. It takes me three, um, while also starting to feel some type of symptoms, but pushing through with no sleep. Uh, grandma comes, watches the kids. We go fly up to New York. I hadn't been to New York since, uh, other than driving through it with Angle back, what, how many years ago is that when we drove through a brief part of the city to get to um, the Boston? Dude, last game. Yeah, so I was barely awake for that, so that doesn't really count. So the last <laughs> time I was actually in the city was 1998. So um, that was fun. We had a great time. It rained a lot and was cold as fuck. Um, the, 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 the great, it was awesome. We had a great time being at the, hence, here's my great. Uh, it was a Christmas party for Crystal's uh, work. She works for the Brooklyn Nets, handling all the, the payroll for everybody. Um, bumped into uh, to Sean Marks, the GM. Um, didn't really get to talk to him as Chris was talking to him. So I didn't really say anything. Just kind of stood there. Um, tall dude. <laughs> uh, but it was a good time. But I started to feel like crap later that night. And the next morning, Thursday is when it all hit. And thinking it was hopefully maybe allergies, maybe sinus, sinuses or something. Um, Friday going home is when we get to my ugly. Uh, I knew right then and there something was not right. My body aches from head to toes uh, like I got hit by a Peterbilt truck and ran over and then asphalt dumped on top of me. My I kept going from being hot to cold, seals, bones felt like shit. Got home, went right to the urgent care after dropping our bags off while the kids were still napping and <laughs> didn't take very long for them to come back in and say, yep, you test positive for flu A, which apparently flu A is the worst one you want to get if you're going to have one. The symptoms are more severe than any other flu. I didn't know flu had categories, but it, it does. So, uh, yeah. 
So I uh, finally got over that. I've been sleeping on the couch for the last three nights so Crystal wouldn't get sick. And uh, the cough medicine that they gave me, because I told him I hadn't been able to sleep for the last two, two or three nights. So he's like, I got you taken care of. Well, you definitely got me taken care of because uh, 10 milliliters of that every night. And I'm like sitting here on my phone like that. And like you start to feel like, well, I think it's time to put my phone down because uh, <laughs> otherwise I'm going to be smacking myself in the head with my phone if I don't. And sure enough, you know, as soon as you lay your phone down, it kind of rests your eyes. Nine hours later, you wake up and go, did I even sleep? Because <laughs> it just flew right by. So, uh, yeah. So Great Wolf Lodge, New York City flew. There we go. Well, Morgan, I'm glad you're feeling better because <laughs> that yeah. sounded awful flu, eh? We went from a cesspool to a cesspool to the couch. Yes. That's, 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 that's basically, if you want the Cliff Notes version of it, that is exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and walking around, one last thing, walking around Brooklyn, uh, it took us forever to figure out what to eat Thursday night because every time we picked a place, we'd get there and they were shut down. Even though the Google Maps said that they were open. So, yeah, like we settled for um, some generic ass fucking restaurant because, <laughs> you know, why not? I felt like acting like one of our friends when you're a big city, eat at the most uh, generic global restaurant you can find. That's uh, Morgan, that's very similar to how <clears throat> the golf trip I go on. Um, it's everybody from my age on up to people in their like early sixties, a bunch of people from back home and, um, all the old guys, they go on that trip to Myrtle beach every year. The, yeah. we go to Myrtle beach and where do they always want to go to eat dinner every night? Outback Dicks. steakhouse. Cause oh. you know, it's not like they couldn't <laughs> just drive to Rocky Mount for that, but you know, <laughs> I digress. <clears throat> not even Hooters, huh? Not even Hooters. <laughs> I tell you, we really, we really wanted to go into the city, but it was um, like red light, uh, red lines. Even or going to order their Uber, and it was going to take, it's going to be like eighty dollars, eighty dollars to get and uh, to go five miles, and it would have taken uh, over an hour. Sounds accurate. Yeah. So we were like, yeah, it's pouring rain. It's thirty some degrees. Uh, you're sick. I'm. I'm not feeling that great. Crystal kind of wasn't, and we were just like, you know, as horrible as this is, we're both in the city. It just, just yeah, we're not going to push this just because we're fucking here. Welcome to New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Good, bad, and the ugly. You said welcome to New York. All I was thinking of is the Ryan Adams cover of Taylor Swift. Yeah, I was about to I was about to quote that and be like, we've been waiting for you, but I didn't know if anybody would get it. Yeah. Notice that had to be the Ryan Adams cover. <laughs> Just pointing that out. <laughs> uh, uh, um, my good is <laughs> I got a good, bad, and the ugly. As Morgan mentioned, it's been a couple weeks. It has definitely been a couple of weeks. Last time I spoke to you, I spoke to you from a hotel room. I'm now speaking to you from my house. Um, literally from the night I got there until tonight is the first time that I've basically been inside my house and had my life together. So I guess that's a good that I'm in my own house. Um, although I am waiting on pins and needles because I think, hopefully, 
very soon. If everything goes well, I will be an uncle for the sixth time over. And then I will be running out of my house to go be on uncle daycare for as long as is helpful while they're in the hospital. So um, be very much packing a bag and uh, pretty good at that. I've been in North Carolina for actually can't complain. I've been in North Carolina more days than I've been in Maryland the past two months. So uh, there's there's a good to that. Speaking of being in North Carolina, um, I guess it just took for me um, not being with Logan for uh, North Carolina to turn its its uh, luck around. Um, they've now beaten Ohio State and Michigan as of tonight. Beat Ohio State in an overtime win. Beat Michigan in pretty much every phase of the game tonight. Um, oh yeah, you got an overtime win. <laughs> it's true because if it had gone, <laughs> if it had gone to double overtime, we all know what would have happened. <laughs> So it's clearly not me watching the games. It's clearly not Roy Williams being at the games with Wanda sitting next to him sternly, popping politely, but sternly looking at him side-eyed when he reacts to grumpily to things. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and give this to the chief. Uh, Eric Church has been showing up to the games recently and sitting very prominently. So I'm going to give him credit for the uh, turnaround in the team. Uh, Sounds about right for an App State grad. <laughs> You should have seen him tonight at the Jumpman Classic. He was sitting like center front row with his Jordan pullover on. I think Kurt Busch was who drives for Jordan was a couple rows away. I mean, they had all the all, it's it's in Charlotte, so it makes sense NASCAR would be involved. But um, so Baycott's rolling again. So that's my good. My good is being in North Carolina. I feel like I could proudly wear the colors again, although I'll wear them even if even if they're not winning. And uh, I feel I feel like. We are turning uh, turning it back around. Baycock gave a great interview where he basically said he's willing to die for the school after the Ohio State win. That was fantastic. So uh, he knows how to play to the crowd. Um, speaking of being in North Carolina, my bad, it's very simple. Uh, I checked into the hotel. The guy thought he was doing me a, a favor. He checked me into a suite, which was nice. I had my own little area where I could set up a bar. And it's nice when you're going to be somewhere for 13 days to have a little, a little bit more room. Uh, 13 days is a long ass time to have a smoke detector going off every other hour for 13 days, <laughs> including in the night, um, all night long. Uh, notice I mentioned the bar. Well, there's a problem. Um, I was there to work. So like, I can't be showing up hammered and explain to everyone, oh no, it's the smoke detector's problem. It's not my personal problem. <laughs> so, there are a lot of early mornings. Or there's a lot of late evenings. Uh, the late evenings were not on account of alcohol. Um, I got up on Saturday and I asked if I could change rooms. And they let me know that it was an issue with the smoke detectors on the fourth floor. I said, well, there's three other floors. <laughs> well, <laughs> those were all rented out, speaking of cesspools, by the um, hockey. So Sorry, it was the soccer teams first and then a hockey team that had come to town. Um, now... I would like to point out, America, the hockey team was also on the fourth floor. And I know this because they ran back and forth and had races when it was raining outside so that they can stay in top physical condition for, I'm sure, the <laughs> very important amateur, amateur hockey event that they were in. Uh, um, I could hear them running back and forth. Um, they neglected the quiet hours in the elevator that was posted there, letting everyone know they had to be quiet from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. Now, the smoke detectors were not quiet from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m., but I digress. Anyways, um, the smoke detectors kept me distracted from the 12 lane highway that my room overlooked. Um, really appreciated that. Uh, 
was able to hear all the Amazon trucks coming and going and blowing the horns through all hours of the day and night. The good thing is I, I now know uh, that the traffic in North Carolina is a real problem and is a real thing because uh, it ran all night long for the, all 13 days that I was there. In case, in case the traffic wasn't enough, my hotel room also sat in the direct flight path of RDU Airport. Oof. Airport was in the name of the hotel. So I've learned a lesson. You would think uh, I, I'm, I'm clearly out of practice because I used to travel all the time on the road. But if I could have picked a more miserable experience for me to have, and Logan heard a little bit about it because we hung out on Friday and Sunday night. I didn't get a chance to see Morgan on it. <laughs> Sicknesses, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you didn't want this shit. <laughs> no, I didn't want your flu Z or whatever you got. So I don't know. That's my that's my bad, and then my ugly is very, very, very simple, very, very, very petty. I noticed tonight when they were playing Michigan that the L they had the word blue on the back of their warm up uniforms. Why would you highlight the letter L in the word blue? The word blue is a navy blue <laughs> on a white uniform, and the oh L God. is highlighted in yellow, and it very clearly is bigger than the other letters. So basically, Michigan's walking around. They lost the game tonight, by the way. They're walking around with a big L on the back of all their uniforms. So <laughs> way to go, Michigan. <laughs> Sounds not, right. Not sure why Jordan screwed you there, but uh, Jordan screwed you. <laughs> <laughs> Watch these end up being like, one-time only warm-up uniforms that they were issued just for that game. And they got a big L on the back because that's what they took tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Losers. Hunter Dickinson, proud of you. You got almost as many points as you are feet tall. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dustin, good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> oh, man. Jordan, classic. All right. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's feeling a little like Phil Knight, but I'm going to move on from that. Um, but it's funny you bring up Boston. I'm, I'm going to text y'all about this, but my my first good is a Boston good. Um, the uh, Celtics coach after one of their games was just phenomenal in an interview. The Celtics uh, had the, I guess, the honor. Some people think it's an honor to have the Royals in attendance for their basketball game. <laughs> and so the uh, the coach was asked about that after the game. And it just like, oh, the reporter was so glowing. He was like, oh, well, why, how was it to have the Royals here to, to watch your game? And he was like, uh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> and, and then the. And then the reporter was very just like confused and well, and started trying to explain that she met like the British royal family. And he was just like, that's the only royal family I know, Jesus, Jesus Mary, and Joseph. And basically it was like, next topic. <laughs> and I thought it was phenomenal. And to add the cherry on top, the Boston fans booed them, or not booed them, chanted USA at them when they were, playing, <laughs> when they were put up on the, on the big screen. And I just am like, you know what, Boston? I, I've always liked you, but I love you a little bit more now. And uh, <laughs> always had a fun time. I guess that's why the tea party was there. Yep. Um, they have not forgotten who our oldest enemy is. Um, sitting there fawning over the royal family. Good on oh, you. That's great. 
That's great. Yeah. They should have had some kind of like teabagging description <laughs> up on the scoreboard or something, like teabags being knocked over or something. <laughs> pretty amazing. Um, uh, another pretty awesome is Alex Ovechkin um, hit goal 800. Yeah. But he did not just get 800. He had a hat trick to get 800, yeah. which is That's pretty a, awesome. A, pretty epic. Yeah, I mean, hell yeah, man. He's still got a long way to go because Wayne Gretzky was stuck around forever and <laughs> just kept scoring goals. But nevertheless, he'll eventually get there because he's going to play that out. And then my ugly is, it's an ugly because I have to bring it up, but I got to give him credit. My ugly is, uh, I was Pat Narduzzi this past week was uh, giving a radio interview, but he was... It wasn't about Pat Narduzzi and Pitt. It was about, he was sharing that Drake May, it, he was like, I have direct knowledge that Drake May was offered $5 million in two different schools to come play football. And he was like, <laughs> which is, uh, he's like, I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to talk about the details of it, but I have direct knowledge that it was offered, which is, you know, obviously not legal under NCAA rules. Um, but it, regardless of whether it is or isn't, <clears throat> um, it is a little bit of insight into, well, two things. One, money's always been going on college sports, especially college football. Um, I don't think that's super surprising, but it is a little bit of a window in what's going on behind the scenes right now with NIL. Um, two, got to give Drake May a little bit of credit. You never know what's going to happen with your career. You never know if you might get hurt. You don't know if you might not pan out and play NFL. Turn down $5 million, whether legal or not legal, is a pretty big deal. Um, I know he's getting Dumb some... Dumb as shit. Uh, it, it I'd transfer to it, UNC for the communication program if they offer me $5 million. <laughs> Well, I, for whatever his reasoning, and I'm sure they won't talk about it too much, uh, at least with a lot of detail, be it him or the administration or the coaching staff or whatever. Um, I got to give him credit for sticking to where he wants to be because uh, that's a lot of money to say no to. So um, well, it's ugly that I have to give him credit, but I, I don't, don't think he, I don't think he's hurting for, for money with, with that name. Um, I, I'm sure he has, honest. I'm sure he has some deal. Like I'm sure he's making money. He but, does, and and his family's got money. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say that his family has money, and he's not gonna burn that bridge like his other brother did. So, I mean, yeah. let's just be honest. That's that's why he's not leaving any other school. He would have been out of there in five seconds. Bo, uh, his brother Bo is a walk on on the basketball team, and he got in against um, crap Citadel, Citadel, the other light blue team. And uh, they got to 100 points, and they're uh, Chapel Hill. If you get to 100 points, the crowd chants biscuits, if, and everyone gets a free Bojangles biscuit. Here's the funny thing: because Bo is on the floor, and because he he made a couple points and got a couple rebounds, now he has an NIL deal with Bojangles. That's no. everything you need to know about the May family. In case you were worried about Drake, the actual superstar in the family at Carolina, Bo, <laughs> who played for like less than a minute against the Citadel now has an NIL deal with Bojangles for biscuits. <laughs> but no, I agree with you. I agree with you, Dustin. That he, I, that's pretty, pretty strong of him to, to, to turn that down and stick to where he wants to be too at the same time. Yeah, it's just, it, it's something, 
you know, I, I say good on him for doing it, for not taking it, but yeah. it does tell you a lot about what's going on in in college sports in general, but in particular college football, because that's where most of the money and the the stuff that's going on is is happening. And so it's, you know, I I'm not necessarily a hey, it was better thirty years ago guy on everything, and certainly not when it comes to this stuff. I think this NIL stuff's a positive, net positive. I think that examples like of him getting a Bojangles deal, people ought to be able to profit from things like that. Grayson McCall down at South Carolina, or not at South Carolina, at Coastal Carolina, uh, was has made a bunch of money through NIL deals, just kind of getting famous. He's not going to play in the NFL, make a bunch of money. I I just think it's positive in a lot of ways, but uh, I there's you know. There's something that we're going to have to address as our, or the sports community, NCA is going to have to address it. So, um, the Grayson McCall is in the transfer portal and is rumored to be going to an SEC school and possibly Auburn. It's interesting. Really? Mm hmm. Because Bo Nix went to Oregon mm-hmm. yeah. shortly. Well, Carolina won the bowl game. And who was, at, who was at Auburn in Bo Nix's absence? Besides, mm, I have no idea. Yeah, couldn't tell you. I know the coach got fired. Yeah, Hugh Freeze yeah. is the new head man there. Yeah, if that tells you uh, about their quarterback, that we're all like, I don't know who his quarterback was. DJ Finley. Never heard of her. <laughs> Definitely ain't Ben Finley. Finley or <laughs> the Finley family from State of Carolina Killers. Speaking of the Finleys, I heard uh, there's a landing spot for for your boy. Yep, and that's in my that's a good segue that wasn't planned because that's in my good, bad, and ugly this week. Uh, <laughs> a good I have for Devin Leary is he um, he knew the so the rumors around the program are now because I, I know of a couple people that are like well connected with the program that have been kind of like slowly leaking things now that. Like uh, a couple weeks before it was decided, it was Devin Leary is now headed to Kentucky uh, to play <laughs> next season for Mark Stoops. Uh, the rumors around the program were that he was going, he would have stayed if um, if it was like not saying like he was guaranteed he'd be the starter, but it's not guaranteed he'd be the starter because MJ Morris is uh, got three more years of eligibility, and it's likely that the program's just moving in that direction, especially with the new offensive coordinator uh, hire, which I'll get to in a second. But um, Devin Leary is rumored to have gotten an $800,000 NIL deal to play at Kentucky. So good for him. Good as five million. Uh, yeah. Do I know? It's almost as good as five million. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shit. Last year, he, he got a car from Thompson Automotive for his NIL deal. Uh, I think 800000 is a good bit <laughs> uh, different. We've He's going to learn about taxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was enjoyed comparing Drake May to Finley, but that's why I was comparing. <laughs> or, no, that was a Freudian slip. Finley. <laughs> you, you know what I meant. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but good for Devin Leary. He's going to get paid uh, and then possibly have a chance to improve his draft stock plan in the SEC next year. I'm pulling for him. Hope he does well because State don't play Kentucky. So got no issue with his landing spot. Um, next up, the offense coordinator position has been filled at NC State rather quickly. We we 
coached Syracuse's OC and formerly of Virginia and formerly BYU's OC. He was Bronco Mendenhall's long-term offensive coordinator. Robert and I, he's an air raid guy. I'm excited to actually have an air raid offense, BYU style, 80s BYU style offense where the air raid was derived from in Raleigh for once. Um, NC State's long been known to have a very boring offense. So, you know, and then on top of that, we um, locked up our defensive coordinator for three years. On He's now the highest paid defensive coordinator in the ACC. He's making about $1.3 million a year uh, to stay in Raleigh for the next three years. So the the coordinator positions have uh, been handled in a way that I've been rather pleased with because Robert and I, just in the last two years, if you look at the stats and how both Brennan Armstrong and Garrett Schrader at Virginia and Syracuse respectively have played with an eye and then without an eye, it's been night and day difference. Um, he, he's, he's really good at having simple concepts, but, but masqueraded uh, where the defense doesn't necessarily know what's coming and getting – the ball to open receivers for, uh, pretty effectively. So I'm excited for an air raid offense to actually get to watch next year. Oh, yeah. um, so that'll be fun. And then that brings me to my third good. Uh, the recruiting class mix, the high school recruits we're getting, because we're having to take a smaller class because, you know, the COVID year and all that. But the recruiting class mixed with the high school stuff with the NIL guys, I mean, NIL, the transfer portal guys we've gotten is shaping up to be our best uh, recruiting class and possibly better than our 2018 class, which was the backbone of the last two or three seasons for NC State. Um, we now have uh, the big two that came from the transfer portal is uh, Dakari Collins. He was a he has three years to play at State. He was a wide receiver at Clemson, um, 6'5", 211, outside guy, uh, four-star kid out of high school. He played, I think he either played ball or knew MJ Morris in high school. So he transferred to NC State. Those two uh, seem to have a pretty close relationship. That's a pretty big pickup for us. And then I can't ever pronounce this guy's name, but offensive lineman, 6'5", 295 from Oregon. Uh, Dawson Jaramillo, Jaramillo, don't know. But it's just this big hog molly with a mullet. So we'll welcome him with open arms to Raleigh. Um, but the the talent that we're getting with this recruiting class b- between the portal and, and some of the guys out of uh, high school has been pretty good. The only setback we had recently was Kyron Jones, our running back commit, flipped to Georgia uh, the other day. Can't <laughs> fault him for that. But either way, the silver lining with that is if we're losing kids uh, to Georgia, we're doing something right. So it's my uh, yeah. pretty positive, good, really good and good this week. Yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty happy with, uh, with signing day today. We got a couple of trans- really good transfers. And a couple quarterbacks signed, and I think like two four-star wide receivers. That'll definitely help out. I think that uh, we, there's a lot more excitement in Blacksburg than there was. Yeah, we 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 pretty much took care of business in in the state of Virginia. We lost a few to Penn State, but um, there were none. There were no real big losses to UNC like we've had in the past couple of years. So I was happy about that. They'll flip when they find out they can get a biscuit deal. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that one of our um, our cornerbacks uh, transferred to UNC. He just signed a day. Chapman. Uh, he got uh, corner. Yeah, one of yeah, the DBs corner. transferred. He, he was not very, not that great, so enjoy him. Oh, he'll be right. <laughs> Not exactly. Bad. He'll fit right in with Dre Bly. That's, that's <laughs> why he transferred to Carolina. Yeah. That makes so, perfect sense. 
Hey, I'm not good. You're not good. We're a perfect match. You want to come join the Rude Boys? Yeah, we don't fly. We just kind of paddle around. <laughs> so if you if you thought Grimes was bad, um, of course it's safety, but um, whatever. Yeah. Grimes' problem was coaching. He never progressed past his high school self. Grimes is too talented to be that bad. <laughs> Tony Grimes. His daddy, his daddy didn't help him much either. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, his dad was, his, his, he was pretty much the football version of uh, Lamelo, or one of the Mellows. Yeah, the ball, the ball brothers. Yeah, the ball, one of the balls, because their dad is all. Yeah, this this kid's dad was like heavily in his shit on social media and being involved with recruiting with the coaches. I wonder how many people got that AT and T commercial that was out a couple months ago. Where his dad shows up and his oh yeah, <laughs> got his probably dad people first. watch sports new. Anyone who watches sports probably knew. Yeah. And now one of the balls plays for Michael Jordan. It all comes for a full circle. <laughs> <laughs> well, in less uh, like happy news, I'm going to throw it over to Dustin for some college football news that we. Uh, we're unfortunate to hear in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So, you know, last week we were in record and so we've had a couple of weeks here <clears throat> and over that couple of weeks, uh, the football world and the, not just the football world, the world, but in particular, the college football world lost Mike Leach. Um, Mike Leach, uh, we've mentioned a number of times on here, but Briefly, he, you know, coached Texas Tech, Washington State, and then he was down at Mississippi State. Um, he was a very successful coach, uh, big character, a lot of character. I mean, and I literally mean that he was a character. Um, he was an interesting guy. He always had something either funny and interesting to say. He was pretty thoughtful about college sports. Um, he had a lot of very uh, out of the box ideas which I think are good for an institution like the NCAA um, to have somebody out there who's kind of pushing the boundaries of what, you know, of how you think about college athletics. Um, he, uh, he was a helped, you know, create and popularize the air raid offense. Um, he, which is a, you know, college football, you go back <clears throat> and look at it what it used to be compared to what it is now he i mean think about his impact on the game it's completely different than it ever has been um he that is definitely a legacy and a mark for him um he was a guy who often spoke his mind um whether you liked it or not didn't care about it you know sort of how you felt about it um his quirkiness often fit his institutions that he represented which i think is why he uh, represented them so well. I, I know I personally followed him at Washington State, in particular the Gardner Minshew uh, when they year when they went like eleven and two. Um, just a character and a fun year to watch. Um, back then, I could stay up and watch ten or eleven p.m. football games. That was before kids. Um, so, uh, from you know, my understanding is he had a heart attack, and you know just it ended up kind of getting him it happened really fast i know that for me you know for 
I had written down some stuff. I saw some stuff, some back and forth between him and one of his players. And I like wrote that down to bring it up one of these weeks. And then we saw news that he had had a heart attack. And then like very quickly it turned. Um, it was, it was interesting. Uh, not knowing the man, but following the man, how it kind of hits your, hits you a little bit. Yeah. Um, maybe because it's something that I follow closely and I'd actually watched his teams over the years. Um, it was just kind of weird to think, um, or maybe a little more emotional. Weird's not the right word to think that he's not going to be a part of college football and a part of, um, the world anymore. So, you know, Coach Leach and his players and his, his adversaries, like even like Lane Kiffin and all the folks who are sort of out there hurting, obviously we're, we're praying for you. Um, but uh, he definitely left a legacy. He won't be forgotten. Um, and it won't be just for telling you which Pac-12 mascot was the uh, <laughs> would win in a fight, even though that was very entertaining. Um I don't know if y'all have any. Yeah, I don't know if y'all have any favorite moments or thoughts you want to share, but uh, I open the floor to that. I thought it was interesting. One one thing that happened more recently was when um, his team was losing, and he decided to pick up all the all the chairs and not let his players uh, sit down because <laughs> they didn't think he'd. I forgot uh, about that. They yeah. didn't. They didn't earn the right to sit down. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I remember seeing the clip of that, and I was like, "Hell yeah, man!" That was very old school. That mm-hmm. was like an old school coach. That confirmed that he's a football guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one of his member, one of the um, this year's recruiting class, the twenty twenty three class, uh, one of the guys uh, texted all the other guys in that class, and basically was like, "We should wear with like a badge of honor that." we were the last class that coach Leach wanted to come play for his program. And, um, I thought that was pretty good way to kind of view, um, to view that situation. Um, so, but yeah, there's yeah, a lot of antics, but he also had a lot of, uh, a lot of positive impacts in the world and on the game and on the people around him. There's a couple of things that I, jotted down that we haven't talked about that I think would be kind of fun to speak to his character. Um, I was on Twitter a lot because I was in the, and I, I I don't, I don't like Twitter, but um, it's a good place to find videos. And um, sometimes when something happens, you can go there and you can see how things are trending and it aggregates stuff together pretty well for you. And knowing that he had hysterical halftime interviews that I knew about, that there were others that I'd missed or not seen because, um, I just didn't watch a lot of his football. As Dustin mentioned, the schools he coached at, I don't know why. I just, the most I, I watched him was at Mississippi State. I believe he went 2 0 against uh, Lane down at Ole Miss and uh, the two Egg Bowls that he was at. He completely changed the narrative of the Egg Bowl. The Egg Bowl, for those that don't know, between Ole Miss and Mississippi State was a nasty, nasty, nasty rivalry. Um, not because the teams were necessarily any good, but they fucking hated each other. And uh, him and Lane came in and completely changed that narrative around. Um, Lane uh, gave some comments. Again, this is not about Lane. I'm saying that that the narrative change Mike Leach came in and worked with Lane to help change it. So that's one thing that he did recently. I watched a bit of his football there. Um, 
working backwards in time to Washington State, there's a documentary that you can find on him for sure that uh, I've watched uh, before he passed a couple of years ago, um, where it talks about him at Washington State and how irregular and kind of different he was. He uh, he taught it. He was really into a lot of interesting things outside of football. He summered in Key West, and when you asked him why, uh, the reason why is because he said the weather was nice, so why wouldn't he? Like, very, very straightforward like like i'm a football i mean he stopped short of saying i'm a football coach i can live where i want because i'm i make millions so but it was like it's almost implied without him being a jerk like why weather's nice why would i not be there um he taught a class at uh oh sorry this is at mississippi state the inner on the intersections of war and football it was titled insurgent warfare and football strategy um it was a class you could take online and also at the university. Um, his Twitter like broke. He had like 500 people sign up for the class within like five days. And they were like, enough. Like we can't, we can't have any more people like take the class. Um, <laughs> speaking of insurgent warfare, he wrote a book on Geronimo. You can literally find Mike Leach's book on Geronimo. Just look up Mike Leach Geronimo. It's a book that he authored. He was fascinated with pirates so much so that um, he, uh, found a way and i know that there's a lot more backstory to this and i google it if you're interested america but um he found a way to get into peter berg's very famous friday night light <laughs> where he was coach taylor who was very down on his luck at east dillon sitting at a gas station um in his fields and uh he uh as the kids say and he gave him a, a pep talk about how he needed to find his inner pirate <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you missed that episode of Friday Night Lights, that's definitely worth a Google. And then finally, and my absolute favorite, is the interview he gave with Alyssa Lang, who's well-known on SEC Network, um, for uh, just asking. Was, she was able to get the best out of him and ask him some of the best questions. And if you could please, 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 if you Google nothing else that I've told you to Google ever on this show, please Google this for a laugh. So you get a chance of, how, of understanding who Mike Leach was as a person. He's at football coach, he, halftime, don't know if his team is winning or losing. I think they may have just won the game, actually. And she basically she asked him not about what ha- happened with his team, but does he have any advice for her on getting married? I believe the name of her fiance is Trevor. And he immediately asked for his name and then immediately says uh, something along the lines of, well, does Trevor know you're asking this? Because you've now you've you know let everyone in America know you're getting married to him, and then proceeds to give her a very long, extended bit of advice on how to get married. Um, uh, you know, run away, don't invite anyone, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Your your people and your 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 the women in your life are just going to get involved and ruin everything. I mean, he goes full on. Gives her about two minutes of advice. She can't contain it. She's trying to ask him a reasonable question. And he just keeps asking questions about her life. And because you can't stop him. Like once he gets engaged on a topic, he's engaged. It's like, oh, Geronimo, I'm interested. Now I'm going to write a book. So <laughs> he was going to give her he was going to give her advice whether or not she wanted it or not. And it's, it's absolutely hysterical. And she referenced it. She hosted the um, SEC ch- channels tribute to him. And that was one of the last things that they brought up. And it was it was really good. I've always found Mike Leach to be a very, 
very interesting and eccentric human being who is one of my favorite interviews to listen to at the press conferences or just when he goes on his long diatribes about anything and everything. Um, you mentioned like the pirate thing. He like Mississippi state is wearing a pirate uh, logo on their helmet for the bowl game in honor of Mike Leach. So that's a pretty cool move uh, by the university and the football team. And one thing I found out about him recently was he didn't even play college football. He, he actually mm-hmm. ha- has his law degree from Pepperdine and then got into coaching after that. And one of the kind of cool stories that I saw on Twitter from a, uh, one of the sports journalists that I think kind of speaks to who Mike Leach was, um, the, when the, the sports journalist was like a kid and Mike Leach, I believe was at, uh, Oklahoma as an assistant. Um, he was talking to the journalist, uh, father and they were, he was giving him all this like long spiel about how an apartment complex is the best place to raise a kid. Because you have other kids running around that can entertain the kids. You have uh, built-in playgrounds and clubhouses and pools that, you know, it's it's the best place to, to raise a kid, according to Mike Leach. And he said this a conversation went on for about an hour, hour and a half. And at the <laughs> end of it, the uh, journalist's father asks Mike Leach, uh, would you want a, a ride back? It's a little bit of a walk. He goes, well, I sure as hell ain't walking. And he said he gets in the truck with him and continues to talk to him. And then when he drops him off, it's like he sits in the truck for 30 minutes, continuing to talk about apartment complexes and why it's good for children. <laughs> well, fast forward to, you know, present day, the this sports journalist was interviewing Mike Leach. And afterwards, um, they mentioned to Coach Leach that, you know, a long time ago, you because he actually started talking about apartment complexes again to this journalist <laughs> years later. And journalists, uh, after the interview concluded, told uh, Mike Leach, you know, you mentioned this to my dad many, many years ago. And Mike Leach says, oh, yeah, I remember. And, you know, the journalist was sitting there thinking that, you know, he's probably just saying that. They wrapped things up. And the last thing he said to the journalist was, hey, and by the way, tell your dad thanks for the ride. (laughs) Just really cool. He actually remembered the conversation, you know, years, years (laughs) later and was like had the same conversation with like this journalist and father. Like it's just it kind of speaks to the uh, the eccentric personality and also just, you know, what kind of person he was. And like and you see why it's college football fans have been impacted by it, because it's been more from just other fan bases talking about Mike Leach on social media than I've seen for almost any other coach uh, when something tragic like this happens. It's kind of cool to see. Yeah, he he was a thoughtful dude. He was and he was incredibly smart. Um, once you kind of got past the pirate talk and the, uh, and the apartment complex diatribes. So, <laughs> but yeah, he'll be missed. Um, going, but not forgotten in, in many, many ways. And I'm sure we'll have a Mike Leach reference or two in the episodes to come, not because he's gone, but because we appreciate him that much. So, Maybe but we'll give the uh, dinosaur arms trophy out to somebody or something like that we that would be good we should do that <laughs> that would be that miserable and reckless uh dinosaur arms reward of the of the year <laughs> all right well, we got christmas things to talk about now something a little more upbeat or maybe not however you want to go with it Woo-hoo, yippee-ki-yay. Uh, America, America, America This is our third Christmas episode 
this hopefully will be the second one you hear. Hopefully. <laughs> there is there's a third one out there somewhere. Who knows, man? Night night's young. I'm getting antsy. <laughs> Subscribe to the uh Patreon and then you might get to hear it. <laughs> uh, so what I'm trying to say there is sometimes we come in a little hot and heavy with the Christmas episode. It's been a month for us. Uh that's for dang sure between the sicknesses and work and everything else. But we're here now. It is Christmas. Uh, so let's give a little miserable and reckless uh, version of Christmas. So here's here's the idea. Let's pick, we picked a few categories ahead of time. A song, an album, perhaps, a movie, food, or tradition. We're not going to reinvent the wheel here, but we can talk about a couple of the things. So if you guys spend, if you're listening to this, you spend enough time with us. You must care about us at least a little bit. Otherwise, you I guess you care about our opinions. So either way, if you care about us, you care about our opinions, we can give you some of those. So let's uh let's start off with a song or an album. Logan, you're the you're the song guy, song of the month guy, one of one of two. Uh is there a Christmas song or a Christmas album? And then we'll work our way around based on that category. So I'm generally very anti-Christmas music. Uh the way I always describe it to people is there's only so many times I can have people tell me it's the most wonderful time of the year before I'm ready to stab someone in the eye with an ice pick. But there are some selections out there that are pretty decent. I know there's one that my brother and I agree on that I'm not going to mention because I know he's going to mention it. So I have another selection. Um, in 2018, the old 97s released a, um, a uh, Christmas album of all original Christmas songs um, called Love the Holidays. They've got some pretty solid tunes on there if you're into like Christmas music. And the reason I appreciate it is because it's not a album full of like Christmas standards that you've heard a million people do. And typically like the big time artists do just to fulfill one of their obligatory album releases for their label. Um, this was just something they wanted to do. And they wrote all original songs. And like I have to like, like applaud the quality of it and it's done in a very old 97 style so if uh you've heard me talk about music at all on the internet through the almost 200 episodes of the last of these two podcasts that i do uh weekly you know i'm an old 97s guy so definitely that's one that i would say uh check out if uh you're so inclined you're nice not, i just not mariah carey I'm curious. I could have made a guess for what I think you'll say, but Christmas song or album speaks to you. You know, I'm old school. Um, you know, my mom put on a lot of Christmas music when I was a kid. So, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'll go with the classics, man. You know, Bing Crosby and all the new characters. You, you really mean old school. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make I fun mean, of you and be like, Oh, I thought you meant real old school, Bing Crosby, and then you actually said it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. There's not. I don't really have a Christmas album of like, you know, a rock rock band that you know I'll listen to. You know, I'll get your one song with the Beach Boys or, or the Boss. You know, yeah. But I mean, when it comes to Christmas music, just put on the classics and pour me a drink. Can I, can I suggest a song for you, ironically, based on your New York trip? <laughs> you know the band, the Pogues? The who? The Pogues. The, the Pogues? Yeah. Yeah. 
Have you ever heard the song Fair, Fairy Tale of New York? No, I have not. That's considered a Christmas song. And I was wondering if you're going to pick it because of the Irish band. But it's also just because... Yeah, I know they are. I, just, no, I didn't know they had a Christmas song. Yeah, I don't know if it's a Christmas song, but people always play it at Christmas. So I don't know if it's one of those songs that people just assume it's a Christmas song. Well, if it's happy, then that's definitely not in their wheelhouse. No, it's definitely not. That's why I was saying, ironically, since you had such a fairy tale time in New York. <laughs> <laughs> ben Crosby's cool, man. That's a that's a great voice. I yeah. I mean, anytime you go back to, I'm not a huge Elvis guy, but that version of no. Blue that he does, and I that's not as old school as Ben Crosby, but I always take an appreciation for that. It seems like they always play it coming back from the commercials on like a. Um, the Hawaii Bowl or whatever it is. It's yeah, like yeah. Well, of course they do. <laughs> so, or Don O Christmas album or something like that. All right. Anyways, or, may, or maybe a toilet commercial. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dustin, go ahead. You got one. Yeah, I mean, look, general comment: there just aren't very many good Christmas songs. I don't want to hear Christmas music. It doesn't make me happy. Um, I guess maybe I should like it because I like to be sad more music but i think it's not that it makes me sad it's that it tries to make you happy and it just makes me angry that it's so happy so i, I don't really understand all <laughs> what that. are you happy about um yeah it's just yeah and then people want to play it like starting in like november 1st like get yep. out of here nah. um yeah we talked to thanksgiving so at least please i prefer you play it like one day a year but um <laughs> Yeah, December 10th, the earliest. Come on. <laughs> I, as Logan referenced, uh, I do have a favorite Christmas song. Tom Petty, Christmas All Over, hands down. That's Christmas song. That is song. a good song. It's, uh, it's a fun one. It's just him having some... It, it's an original, just him having some fun. Um, and it's it's awesome, just as so much of what he does is. If I If I were to pick a cover of a classic, though, uh, Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus Coming to Town is pretty good. Uh-huh. He he did a fun version of that. But Tom Petty's Christmas All Over, happy to listen to that one for you. But please don't play me a whole lot of Christmas music because I don't want to hear it. That's fair. Um, all right, so that leaves me. Uh, maybe two weeks ago, if you asked this question, I might have had a different answer. Uh, I like... Off- off-beaten Christmas music. A lot of it's really bad, but like for the same reason that you go to the mall, I, I worked in a retail job to get to pay my way through summer college. So like, for example, every time like the Peanuts, like the Peanuts Christmas songs would come on because they would play those. I don't know if that's considered a classic, but those are, you know. It's up there. I, I, I like those because I don't know that that's off the beaten path, but compared to all the other crap that's kind of out there where people just do covers of whatever, um, I, uh, but I'm not going to go with that for a very specific reason. Um, when I was driving around on my own, um, I listened to a lot of the Kenny Chesney radio because I have Sirius XM and I kind of like that he doesn't overkill it on the Christmas music. And when he does, he's usually talking about Christmas in the islands or something like that. He does these little interludes where he, you know, you can hear the waves and he's talking to his friends on a boat or something. And they're talking about like stringing up some lights and it's, it's not overkill. And then he goes back to talking about drinking a beer in Mexico or whatever. So like it, it works, it works for me. 
And uh, I appreciate it. And um, so long story short, he's talking about Christmas. He's talking about being in the islands, whatever. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm going to Sheets or, or Whole Foods or wherever I'm going. To get <laughs> and, uh, you know, late one night after work and I'm just not feeling great. Driving by all the houses that are done with lights by myself for the ninth day in a row or whatever. And uh, the song he played next, I was completely unexpected and immediately about reduced me to a bubble of tears is uh, Amy Grant's Tennessee Christmas. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this song, but if anyone in my family ever listens to this, they know immediately why. Uh, Christmas wasn't always the most fun time of the year uh, in my childhood. And I'll just, there's a number of reasons why people have different reasons for not liking Christmas or liking Christmas. It's a stressful time. It's a time when the family is together. There's a lot of expectations. Um, I've mentioned in the past that my dad had a very similar job to the job I have now, uh, which means my dad wasn't always around a lot. So when he came home, there's a lot of managed expectations about what needed to happen. The one thing I will tell you that always happened, the one consistent that I, and the one constant that I do have from Christmases as a child is that my dad would play the Amy Grant Tennessee uh, Christmas, Amy Grant Christmas album. And the song that I remember the most off of it is the Tennessee Christmas song. That's the name of the song. I was blown away. Of course, Kenny Chesney's from Tennessee. And of course, he's just given us his, this interlude about being away from his family. And he has to be in the islands because of blah, 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 or whatever, right? I don't know if he has to be there, but that's where he is. And then he plays this song to follow it up. And I was just like, wow. So it blew me away. Immediately took, took me back to being about seven years old. Sounds like the kid in the Liberty Mutual commercials, you know? Oh, I just got a bike. And he kicks it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So like that, that's where my head was at when I was listening to it. So I guess that's going to be my favorite Christmas song this year. Normally I'd pick the Peanuts, but for that reason alone, it's going to be Amy Grant's Tennessee Christmas. My my biggest takeaway from that is that you were eating at Sheets. I'm glad you came over <laughs> to the other side. Sheets or Whole Foods, yeah. There isn't that many Wawa's in North Carolina that haven't come to the bright you know bright side of things yet. So there's about a Sheets about every three minutes. I didn't have to drive more than about three minutes to get to sheets from, from, <laughs> from the airport. That's for sure. Good. So Logan knows that's true. I went to about seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to do that expense report. Anyways, um, <laughs> he had another hash browns, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it says here it's 8 p.m. at night. Yeah, that's right. I put hash browns in my burrito. What of it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, movie. Uh, let's let's go to Morgan first. Is there a Christmas movie or something that stands out to you? I got a couple, man. Right. Uh, it really it really depends on my mood. I mean, obviously, everyone's gonna throw out the classic uh, Christmas Vacation. You know, uh, a lot of good lines in that. You know, what do you plan on putting that tree, Griswold? Bend over and I'll show you. uh you know i mean it's great it's a great movie um but funny enough we were in new york city uh like i said last week and we were laying in bed watching tv um thursday night we just like fuck it we're just gonna stay and get some food right outside the hotel and after we uh, like i said went shopping for lots of places we're boarded up in good old brooklyn and uh we were watching I flip the channel something's on I forget what it was honestly I think it, no it was Law and Order right, that's for you <laughs> funny enough anyway and as soon as it came off 
a movie came on and I started watching. I was like, I know the op- I know this opening credits, but I can't remember what it was. And I was like, Oh, I know what this is. It's Wonderful Life. Huh. And uh, I sat there and watched probably mid halfway through before I couldn't stay awake anymore. But I really wanted to finish watching it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that movie. And uh, I know a lot of people probably don't like it. Don't probably like Jimmy Stewart, but uh, I'm a huge fan of It's a Wonderful Life. It's a great um, movie. Yeah, that's yeah. Once again, as my mom was a huge with my mom is, is huge with Christmas, and um, always had Christmas music on. And you have movies like that now. I'm not gonna sit there and watch that tap dancing fucking movie with um, Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby and that crap. Um, <laughs> white White Christmas, whatever it was. I'm not yeah. watching that. I'm sorry. I'm just not. No, I draw the line somewhere, people. Um, you hate the general, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but you know you got that you got what's wonderful life you got your christmas uh vacation and then of course everyone's favorite that runs non-stop on tbs it doesn't matter what part of the movie it's in so you turn it on and it's there oh i'm watching this uh christmas story no boo so. <laughs> maybe that might be the worst movie ever made <laughs> i'm gonna dust on all my hatred for a christmas story uh, you know, and I'm and I and I'm I'm anxious to see the the sequel. I have not seen it yet. Um, they made a which, sequel. Yeah, it just it, came out. It just yeah. came out. Um, that's that's even that's awful. That movie should be banned. I mean, <laughs> I, I think we should cancel uh, Christmas. Oh come on! I mean, one of the best parts is at the end when they had to go out to eat dinner. And it, honestly, I'm not blowing this for anyone because if at this point in your life, if you haven't <laughs> you seen haven't this seen movie, it, then... then that's your fucking problem, not yeah. mine. It, run, it, run, it runs 24 7 on that's TBS. That's the Christmas spirit. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Merry Christmas. I'm going to tell you the ending. But they go to the, chi- the Chinese restaurant and uh, the, the, they bring out the food. And the, the, the mom starts crying and they're. And they're like trying to figure out why. And the father goes, it, it's the duck. It, it, it's it's smiling at us. And the guy pulls out the butcher's knife and goes, oh, okay, hold on. Whack. <laughs> Chops the head off. <laughs> what is, Morgan, I think you know this. What is the um? What is the main character's name in that? Is it Buddy? Ralphie. Ralphie. The original Ralphie, uh, he comes on Dan Patrick every now and again. Yeah. He was on. He was on. He was on uh, earlier this week, or was it last week? Was, I don't know. It was probably. And a he talked. He came on to talk about the sequel, and of course, about how he gets. You know, um, they. You know, they brought up uh, like how often do you get asked about this movie, and he. He's like, oh, almost every one person who runs into me tell, talks to me about this movie. Which he'd done however many years ago. He has. What I was going to say is he has the. Uh, he has the original bunny suit. Yeah. He, he has, has the glasses too, and and the and the BB gun. He has them like locked away in a in a in, well. He said he had them locked away in a vault or something because he was like, imagine that, but they're actually worth money now. They were asking him like because he was a kid. They were like, did you get like bullied when you were a kid? Because like you know it's kind of rough being in school and like you're in this movie and you're wearing a bunny suit. And he was like, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't awesome. So. He uh, he actually turned out. Yeah, I can't remember all the movies he's directed, but he's done quite a few movies directing. And he also had a. Uh, if you watch the Elf enough times, he's actually in that movie with Will Ferrell. He is. So your your choice is 
depending on I got three. Think. I got so I got three. Chris Christmas uh National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Christmas Story, and um um It's a Wonderful Life. Cool. I like it going going with the classics so far. Justin, let's go with you next. We know you hate well, these choices. I, I hate a Christmas story. It's an awful movie. And it that's be okay. Hey, buddy, it's that's okay, man. Speaking of buddy, I think Elf kind of sucked. It um, had its it had its few moments, but the the majority of it was just like just bad. I mean, I my my wife is like, well, it's 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 fun. It's like has humor and it's for Christmas, and I'm just I don't know. I don't think it's that great. Um, but it's I mean nothing as bad as a Christmas story as I'll just continue to reiterate. I I don't um, care. You made your point. Move on. <laughs> Uh, trash from my childhood man Christmas (laughs) Vacation is good I agree with that Uh, it does get old it's so yeah I mean anything does if you watch it enough Um, but I would say we this year have been like trying to watch some Christmas movies with our daughter and uh, so I'll probably just pick from that pool so it's Santa Claus the Santa Claus, the Santa Claus 2, and the Santa Claus 3. No. Um, <laughs> although we did watch Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> probably for, for me, and this isn't necessarily, uh, you know, Christmas is, is kind of the storyline maybe more than the point, but Home Alone yeah, um, is a fun uh, Christmas movie. We uh, We watched that with our daughter this year, and she was like, seemed to be into it we were a little bit kind of like is she gonna be worried like that people are gonna come to the house and like mm. <laughs> try to rob it but she seemed into it and that was pretty fun um so i think if, for me this year in the year 2022 i would say home alone is probably up near the top of the list because i had fun watching it with my daughter um and then i always throw in a christmas vacation watch somewhere along the way just to enjoy it and then i and then i get grumpy about a christmas story i gotta say it one more time (laughs) (laughs) all right logan you're contractually pointed out i think to uh go ahead and get your get your jabs in you get you get two up front and then you have to give us a real opinion (laughs) so yeah i think that there are more solid Christmas movies than there are Christmas songs. But I'll tell you what I don't like first. I don't like Hallmark movies. Hallmark movies are the worst. It's the same storyline every time. And it's the most unrealistic shit. Like small towns are not like that. College and falls in love with the man who owns a a, a bar, a bakery. Like they're they're always baking around there. None of them are fat. (laughs) Tell me how that adds up. But well, the fact there's like a fat aunt or a fat mom or grandma, maybe one. There is usually one, I think. Yeah, Yeah, they're the (laughs) ones who are probably secretly eating all the cookies. But the thing that I I heard someone say, and I thought it was a real good point, that Hallmark movies should really be played in reverse. Because then you have this uh, girl who's in her small town. She drops her loser boyfriend at the bakery and moves to a big city, becomes a lawyer, and marries a rich guy. Because that's more realistic. (laughs) But That's perfect. (laughs) That aside. (laughs) Go ahead, Morgan. I was going to say, or it it ends with her being miserable and hates life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
accurate. I mean, that's it's more realistic than this uh, unrealistic portrayal of of small towns and families and what have you that they put on Hallmark every year. That yeah. shit doesn't exist in small towns, man. Come visit my somehow small living, town. somehow like, living in a mansion selling bakery cookies to yeah. the same seven people. Anyway. And, and you want to yeah, see come, a really visit- unrealistic. Go ahead, Morgan. I was just gonna say, like I just said, like come visit one of our small towns. I promise you that shit doesn't exist there. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're probably more likely to be a victim of a crime at the uh, holiday parade than you are to be sitting there drinking cocoa with the the mayor of the town. Mainly gonna run into a bunch of girls who went to high school with they all divorced three times over kids or all each my husband. Yeah, newsflash, the mayor isn't drinking cocoa with you. He's probably soon to be arrested for stealing money from the city. That's probably more realistic. <laughs> it's probably whiskey in his cup, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> the uh, most unrealistic one is the Scott and McCreary uh, endorsed movie, Five More Minutes, where uh, it came out last year, where they show a completely unre- unrealistic portrayal of Fayetteville, because I can tell you from having been to that shithole of a town, <laughs> that is not what Fayetteville, North Carolina is like. <laughs> So watch it and then what, think wait, everything what, you what, watch, erase from your mind because that's not fable. What did they portray <laughs> Jacksonville as? I'm just curious. Tell me. <laughs> well, I don't even remember if Jacksonville was mentioned in, in that one, but I know Fayetteville oh, for a fact. Fayetteville, I'm sorry, Fayetteville. What did they portray Fayetteville as? Oh, uh, every other saying. Hallmark small town where everyone gathers around the Christmas tree and then the girl falls in love with the baker. So they made Here? it seem like a nice, wholesome town and not a town full of like five or six strip clubs and an army base? <laughs> yeah, that's a more <laughs> realistic take on Fayetteville. There was no – the Bunny Ranch was nowhere to be found, all right? But, but, <laughs> There's a Bunny Ranch, all right. Named, and I love Scott McCreary, especially his music, but if they renamed Five More Minutes Urban Blood, <laughs> it would be a little bit more realistic. Yeah. More, more like five more seconds in the back room. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to help some poor young girl pay for her kids' Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> Little Tommy's got to get an Xbox. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Okay. That definitely went south. <laughs> But either way, um, <laughs> one movie that hasn't been mentioned that I do actually watch every year because it just comes on all the time, but it's actually pretty funny, is Four Christmases. Vince Vaughn. Oh, uh, yes. With Vince Vaughn. Um, That's pretty yep. funny. They, and, they have um, to go around to all their different families and everything. That one's a good watch. If, if you want that, something that's a little different in tone from all the other Christmas movies, uh, I recommend Four Christmases. That's what Robert Duvall, uh, John Favre's in it too, right? Mm-hmm. And McGraw. Oh, uh, Dwight Yoakam's in it. Uh, yeah. uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Like it's who, it, who's the one that it, was ha- dating his mom or whatever. Oh, that was Dwight Yoakam. Oh, that's Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> he was the pastor at this like modern day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to go up top and fix the damn satellite. <laughs> and then what's the the hot older woman that they always put in those movies? That was like the uh, something medicine woman from the TV show back a long time ago. Oh, that that's she's. That's actually a different lady. It's not. Oh. You're talking about Jane Seymour, but it, yep. uh, this other lady looks similar, not the same lady. Oh, well, either way, she wasn't that big of an important part of the movie, but it's a funny movie. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest takeaway is that Logan thinks Dr. Queen Medicine Woman is hot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Back in the day. I mean, what are you going to say? <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep it very simple. We've, we've skirted around the issue. Uh, but uh, we'll just come right out and say it. Christmas movies. We don't like Christmas movies. This is miserable and reckless. Uh, I can't believe none of you have picked this, but I can understand why. I heard, again, on the radio, I had a lot of time to listen to the radio while I was driving around small town USA, just saying. Pretty much what I do, in case you haven't figured it out. Unless I'm drinking with Logan, I'm pretty much driving around. Because, again, smoke detector in the hotel. So, <laughs> um, heard on the radio that this movie, which I happened to see while I was in the hotel, um, and I had left it on because I like this movie. Um, this movie, far and away, has the most curse words in it. Far and away has 256 curse words in it. Hold on. Me, let me try and guess what it is. Go ahead. No, but keep talking. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I was going to ask you guys to guess what it was because it's got 200 more curse words in it than any other Christmas movie. <sighs> oh, I'm going to go. Oh, God. Why did I think about this? Bad Santa. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, I have forgotten Bad Santa. So I think it's pretty funny. Now, I'm gonna, <laughs> well, I'm gonna I, I think I know why now, but go ahead. So I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. We have another category coming up. It's Christmas tradition. You'll find out what I say for Christmas tradition. That's why I'm going with Bad Santa for the movie category. It's hysterical. I think it's funny as hell. There's definitely a scene um, that Billy Bob Thornton has made available to the public where he is drunk in the movie and he has told the public later on that he was drunk in real life. Um, oh yeah, he is going up the escalator. He actually did fall on the escalator because he was blackout drunk, and the grip or whatever they call him, the, the person standing there who's supposed to make sure he's okay at the end of the scene, he like looked at her and like basically said like I'm not all right and like laid down and like went to sleep. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I think he was on the the the, uh, the Rich Eisen show talking about this, and he said oh. uh, that. Because they asked him if there's any real drinking in the show. And he said, most of it, no. But he said for the most, there was that one that one time, that take, he kept drinking and drinking for each take. And he, the person at the bottom of the elevator, escalator, he said, uh, he told him, look, man, I, I think he said, I forget the words he used, but first, the gist was, I'm drunk. Just just nudge me when it when the scene's ready. <laughs> and he passed, he did pass out. And when he got to the top, like you said, he just fell over. They, yeah, he's like, he said, you know, that one actually made it into the movie. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, uh, it's not just so much because he's drunk and he's a jerk or whatever. It's that he is, uh, I'm not going to ruin the whole movie. You probably should have seen it by now. But yeah, once again, if you haven't seen this movie by now, then. Came out 19 years ago. Um, yeah, that's your fucking problem, not mine. I love, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> to take a page from Logan's book. I love uh, that they turn Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girl on her head. Um, so to take the whole like meet cute small town bullshit that would never happen, right? Haven't seen that many episodes of Gilmore Girls, but I got the general idea. I'm pretty sure one of them runs a bakery or a hotel or something, and they're all in love and they hang out at the it's gazebo. B and B. Family owned for generations. B and B, Dustin. That's yeah. right. Get it right. Whatever. So, if you haven't seen it, she plays a rather dark and funny and uh, seductive character in the uh, in the film. And there's a fat kid who has one of the funniest <laughs> names. 
That's one of the funniest names ever. And uh, like he, uh, what is it, Thurman Merman? And he's like, did your parents hate you from the time they saw you or something like that? The name you like that? I mean, it's just it's so offensive that you're gonna have to laugh at it. So if you haven't seen it in a while or you want to chuckle, we'll we'll go with that. Thing. Do you want a sandwich? <laughs> Uh, like, David, boy, what is there with you sandwiches? <laughs> the fact that he's fat makes it funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff that's off color, but if you can take it with a grain of salt and you realize who's good natured about it and who has, you know, the heart of gold, then hopefully you can see through it. Otherwise, you'll be petrified that they are making fun of Jesus' birthday. <laughs> so we'll just put it like that. All right. Speaking of uh, Jesus's birthday traditions, Logan, let's start with you. We haven't started with you yet. Christmas tradition for us. I mean, the main thing is, and like, I'm going to go on and have a spoiler alert here for the, uh, the listeners, Dustin and mine will probably be pretty similar in terms of traditions, but um, it's mainly just like, you know, the family getting together at Christmas, going over to my grandma's. Uh, We've been doing that, you know, since before I was born. Uh, so it's something that I look forward to. Like I'm, I'm going to be working from home all of next week uh, because in reality, it's probably the only time of the year that the uh, the whole family or almost the whole family is like at home at the same time these days for more than just like a, a day and a half, two days, three days or whatever. So it's uh, a time of the year that I do look forward to because, you know, with with me, like Christmas is, you know, uh, family is a big part of that. So it, it's good to be able to see everybody and then, you know, Oh, open gifts in the morning uh, at uh, our parents' house, then go to grandma's. Even though I would like to point out that last few years, the gift amount has slowly been decreasing. And uh, I don't know why that is. Maybe because they think we're grown. We don't need as many uh, gifts. But, you know, You're getting suddenly I've, it goes down. It it does. I'm starting to notice that. Uh, and I actually do appreciate this part of it after last year. It's more about Dustin's kid these days than it is me. <laughs> wait, wait till you get married I got a newsflash for you wait till you get married and have kids man you get about one gift imagine <laughs> yeah, if your wife that. finds time to get you something it's called, it's called silence on Christmas Eve no, yes <laughs> here's your gift you can go into the room and watch TV for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> alright understood so basically, your uh, tradition, if I understand correctly, was you like the gifts, but that tradition's going away. So, <laughs> looking like a true middle child. <laughs> well, well, last year we kind of did start a new tradition, like you know, with with Emmy being a little older last year, her you know helping everybody unwrap the gifts and just seeing how excited she was, like to the point where my Nikes that I wore today actually, when I, she helped me open them, then she put them on her feet and said they're Emmys now. <laughs> <laughs> It made Christmas more fun than it had gotten over the the uh, previous few years. Fair enough. Morgan? Um, I'm pretty simple. Just family getting together. Um, people maybe don't get to see that often. Um, opening gifts. Um, fire going. Christmas music on or maybe Christmas movies. You know, that's about it, really. Follow it up with yelling, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to probe further. Merry Christmas without somebody yelling, so. Not in my house, at least. 
<laughs> oh, Dustin and I pushed our younger brother so far one year that he threw ice at us. So <laughs> while we were eating lunch. <laughs> oh my goodness. Smart, because when it melts, there's no murder weapon. <laughs> uh, all right, Morgan. Uh, Dustin, go ahead. Uh, well, this might surprise you, but there's just not a whole lot of traditions that we we have. Mama wanted to put up a Christmas tree. We complained about it. She <laughs> wanted to decorate the house. We were like, "Why are we carrying all these boxes? You want me to go exactly. in the attic? I don't want to do that." I got. Oh, you want to put. Though. Sorry, you want to put up some lights outside? It's cold. It's we we just made it so miserable that finally we didn't have to do it anymore. And so, fine, um, we do it at all. Yeah, and you know the the biggest thing we had to do was kind of like pull it pull down a box and be like, all right, it'll let us know when it looks pretty. And then that was kind of it. That was the tradition. I would say that's the tradition that kind of developed. Um. Outside of that, uh, you know, obviously some family stuff. We it's also our, you know, this wasn't our choice that there was a tradition. Um, but our other tradition is it's birthday time. Um, our mother was born on Christmas Eve, and our brother was born on Christmas Day. So we celebrate birthdays in addition to Christmas. So thanks for stealing part of our thunder, guys. Um, <laughs> And uh, although I'm sure they would say it's the reverse, we're taking theirs, but that's neither here nor there. Selfish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's the, the family stuff is definitely the most fun tradition part of it. Um, Logan said it, and I'll reiterate it. Um, kids make Christmas more fun. It's definitely gotten more fun with Emerson. Um Prior to that, I think we were getting a little, uh, little stale <laughs> around the holidays. Yeah, accurate. A little, <laughs> little stale and a little grumpy. A little too grumpy, maybe, for to celebrate Jesus Christ's birthday and, you know, try to spread a little cheer in people's lives. So, Well, I tell you, you talk about having to get boxes down. We would come with the argument, well, we're just going to have to put them right back up. What's the point of bringing them down? <laughs> like, you're just making extra work right here. You're not even thinking about it. They're, it's like making your bed. What's the point? There, uh, no, I do subscribe to that way of thinking. It's dumb as shit to make your bed. That's the dumbest thing in the world. I would die on that hill. But um, I Landon and I one year, <clears throat> when mom told us to take the tree down, we took one of those really, really big, like, uh, like uh, commercial size trash bags and put it over the already still decorated tree. Carried it upstairs and put it in the corner where it stayed until the next year, and we brought it down, and it was already decorated. Modern problems require modern solutions. Was this a real tree or a fake tree? Uh, we only do uh, fake trees because the okay. bears have allergies. I'm gonna say when you took the trash bag off, what it <laughs> just a bunch of branches. <laughs> Get some spray paint. Make it look brand new. Come on now. I, I do kind of feel for mom sometimes because she wants to like have like, you know, the family like uh, Christmas spirit and like listen to Christmas music and decorate the tree. And then all of us grumpy men in the family are just like, like Dustin said, we're just complaining to the point that I think until Emmy, we had kind of sucked the joy out of Christmas for our mother. 
<laughs> so you know what? The good on Emmy, she saved the day. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, it's kind of you guys are talking about getting stale because I don't have kids of my own. Uh, recently married to my wife in the last five years, so we're kind of starting to figure stuff out for ourselves and how we fit in. Um, for that was kind of either single life or or doing the um uh down in down in Wilmington, right? So there's fun memories. One year we sat out on couches and had like a Christmas tree that was decorated on the beach. That's kind of cool. It's not a tradition, that's a memory. Um so uh and then you know childhood stuff, but not really anymore. And and it's very unusual, let's say very unusual for my family to get together. Um so what does that entail? Well, then it, it kind of has turned into what have I made Christmas in the past uh, 10 years or so when I've been trying to uh, figure it out on my own. Um, and kind of realized that it was important for me to have to kind of step up and put those things together. So two things that I definitely do. Um, my mom actually goes every year and she buys an ornament since the year I was born and she gives it to me. So I have a collection of ornaments. Now half of the ornaments, um, this isn't necessarily on purpose, but it's worked out this way. Um, half of the ornaments or so um, I'm in my late 30s, they are kind of over at my parents' house. So my parents do live here in the same town I do, but again, we don't see each other that. So when they decorate their tree every year, um, they uh, they get to put those ornaments up. It's a reminder, I think, at least if nothing else, my mom, uh, for the ornaments that she took out. And I get to be like part of the tree, so to speak. My brother and sister also have the same kind of thing going on. Then I went and bought my own tree. I've since uh, started that tradition with for the three years we've been married. So we, we try and buy an ornament, sometimes two, uh, every year. And so we've kind of like started our own collection of ornaments and things and either places we've been last year we went to the great smoky so we got a smoky ornament um so i kind of do the, the free decorating thing and some stuff with garland i used to have a big garland i i asked the manager at j crew if i could take it and it stayed up in our house for a year because it was cool that was awesome <laughs> morgan lived there for a while it was about 50 feet long one of these commercial garlands and you tack nails up to the wall and it took about 45 minutes to hang up there but once it was up it looked awesome so uh so i, I don't mind decorating with like the garland and the lights and stuff like that for christmas um so i try to do that and then the other thing i do is and i haven't done it yet because i haven't been home but around christmas eve or or maybe a night or two before I, if i have the opportunity and i it, it may have to be in delaware during uh a, a birth of a niece but uh or a nephew or whatever it is. We don't, we don't know what it's going to be, but um, uh, I guess I gave away my cards. I think it's going to be a niece set it on the podcast, but um, I, uh, uh, I like to watch the Christmas uh, vacation and I know we talked about it, but that's, that's my Christmas movie. That's the one that I like to watch. If I can, I'll watch the peanuts, but um, I, uh, I like to watch Christmas vacation and I specifically uh, it is difficult for me to not tear up a little bit. When he's sitting in the attic watching the 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 movies of his childhood and stuff like that so and he's getting all happy about it and of course he's sitting on the trap door and then they yank the trap door and they're bitching and moaning at each other and everything and it's funny to me because uh that is definitely like a, a it's i don't know why i watch it once every year but it, i know it's coming but it's always the emotional part for me of the movie and then 
it's always funny to me too because it reminds me i'm sure it reminds a lot of people of their families of when the trap door gets yanked and they're all screaming and yelling at each other and it's like you almost want to go back to the peace and solitude when you're sitting up in the so uh, i don't know those are my food traditions trying to do the ornament thing on the food <laughs> and and making the tree a little bit bigger probably as we go along because right now we got one that comes up to about my knee in the living room <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then watch it in christmas vacation so there you go yeah. you surprise clark <laughs> yeah the the pool scene gets more and more real every year uh especially when i come screeching in um three days before christmas and uh i've been working like a dog the the, the i hope i can afford a pool this year that that's gotten more and more realistic as in uh, being mad at your boss if they don't take care of you. <laughs> now in the month. Yeah, just put it over there with the others. <laughs> Give me somebody, anybody. Give me somebody while I'm waiting. So I think that covered our Christmas song uh, and our movies. Although, you know, there's another real quick, another one I just thought about. I completely forget about, but uh, Bill Murray and Scrooge. <laughs> That was yeah. a good one. That one is a good one. Yeah, it, it, it has. This, I mean, obviously, some of it's not as great as the other ones, but it's got some funny moments, especially with uh, uh, the comedian Bobcat and his uh, his his scenes in it were pretty damn funny. Scrooge. Anything with Bill Murray is pretty good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think that wraps it up, right? Can we go around to the categories? Do you guys I already heard from the Debenries? Uh, least favorite thing is probably Christmas story, or maybe helping, <laughs> or maybe helping with decorations. Decorating uh, yeah. Santa, you know? <laughs> yeah, why would why would you want Santa when you could have Krampus? I mean, like. <laughs> Morgan, do you have the least favorite thing and you want canceled for Christmas? Can't say you're family. I like when decorations are up, but having like everyone else, having to go up to a damn attic and get all the reefs down that are hanging up on on old wooden nail old nails that give you you know you gotta get a tetanus shot after you stab your finger trying to yank them down and while you're angry because you're having to get them down to begin with. And, and bleeding at there, this right. point. Yeah. And then you're like, well, now we get down. We gotta, we gotta lay them out, make sure the bows are all nice. You know, don't just throw them down there now. You know, get get them, line them out right. No, no, no. Now we gotta go put them on the windows. Like, well, I'm trying to watch TV. Like, put the shit up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make Christmas great. <laughs> Great. Now I'm pissed off and I gotta put up decorations. <laughs> Basically. Boxes and boxes of ornaments. I don't know if I need that one. Hold on a second. I gotta go through the boxes because I don't want you to bring them all down if they don't need to come down. Like you didn't have this planned out before you asked me to come help you. We could that's where you look at her and you say, Why don't we give some of our uh ornaments away? And then we could just only have the ornaments that we want on the tree. Oh, God forbid. God forbid. Oh, we're giving oh, away. Because I need memories. The, the memories. Yes, memories. 
you remember making this one when you were in grade in element? No, I don't remember. I don't remember what I did two minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know how long I remember making a clay, you know, matted handprint when I was three years old. Has a jingle bell on it, so it's Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> These are memories. These are memories I always have. You'll you'll understand one day. <laughs> Morgan's like, still don't get it. (laughs) Being housed, I don't have hand-printed ornaments of either one of my children. I'm not going to, so. (laughs) Got your feet there. So just general, just general, it sounds like just general decorating. All right, so that's our. Yeah, having to get all the crap down to decorate. Yeah, that, pretty much that was it. That's the only thing I hated. There you go, America. There's your, you know, it couldn't have been a miserable and reckless episode without three of the four people insulting their moms. (laughs) (laughs) General complaining about decorations. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, to conclude the show, uh, this week, we're going to finish out the year on our song of the month category for 2022. Uh, we're gonna we'll move through it pretty quickly because we know we went a little long on the Christmas. But um, Ryan has a pick for December. I got a pick for December, and then we both have a pick for Song of the Year. And then when this will be available on the Spotify playlist. Um, I'll kick things off with my December pick. Uh, there's a a new song by a uh, one of my favorite of the newer mainstream artists named Ernest. He just released two new songs. Yeah, uh, this past Friday, one of them is called Unhang the Moon. So this one, as I have said many, many times, is I'm a big uh, fan of sad songs because sad songs make me happy. And what I really appreciate appreciate about this one is it's done in the style as if it's a love song. And you've heard people use that phrase, hang the moon, in a love song context so many times. He's flipped that around for unhang the moon. And uh, the pedal steel in the background is absolutely phenomenal. It's the best instrument in, in music. Um but just like the chorus kind of nails it with the gist of the song is about. And it's particularly the lines like, I want to make you feel the way that I do take all the stars out of Dallas. Um, he did a good job of flipping the narrative on and, and doing an angry song that isn't coming across as being angry, but sounds like it's a love song. If you don't pay attention to the, uh, uh, the, the lyrics. So good on Ernest for this one. Unhang the moon. I'm a fan. All right, Ryan, uh, what's your pick for December? Miranda, oh, oh, sorry, gave it away. (laughs) That's coming next. Kenny Chesney's Half of My Hometown is my pick for December. Is it a new song? Kind of not really. Um, Are we uh, putting out? Half of my hometown still hanging around, still talking about that one touchdown. It's still
So Kenny Chesney's on that. Kelsey Ballerini's on that. Um, here's why that's an interesting song. Uh, it's on, I believe it's actually on Kelsey Ballerini's album uh, that came out. But I, I know she had an album that came out this year too. Um, I want to say it was something like Subject to Change. I think that's the name of the album. But uh, I believe this was released as a single with the two of them together. The reason why that's an interesting thing is, as you guys have known recently, um, because I picked it as an album for our Desert Islands, um, I, I like Kenny Chesney. I listen to his radio station. Uh, a lot of the stuff that he does makes sense to me. I live near um, a beach. I've always kind of wanted to or, or flat out lived near or on a beach. Um, a lot of his music speaks to me. However... He is from Knoxville, Tennessee. He's not from a beach town. Coincidentally, Kelsey Ballerini is from Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, the two of them came together on this song because both of them got out of the same town. Here's why that's interesting. Uh, liked the song, appreciated the song. Been to see Kelsey Ballerini and Kenny in concert separately. Um, and uh, always appreciated uh, uh, both of them. Um, have some funny stories that I, 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 I know Kelsey Ballerini's aunt for whatever that's worth. <laughs> so, um, it's always been kind of interesting to, uh, to, to watch as she grows and stuff like that. Um, met her aunt professionally, but, um, long story short, when I heard this song, I, I was taken immediately because I was thinking of Wilmington. Wilmington isn't my hometown, but when I heard it, I was living in Annapolis and the whole idea of some went North, some went South looking for a feeling half of us ain't found the idea of being half stayed half went right that's always how it kind of tends to be with a small town sometimes it's more than half um if you get to the end uh they say back roads raise us highways they take us memories make us want to go back so i went back that's why it's my song for december uh we haven't we haven't done a song of the month since october so we're kind of loosely going with song of the month apparently but that's about how we roll on miserable and reckless um so I went back to Wilmington, as you guys know, if you heard the podcast, I was there for a long time and I've spent a long time uh, in North Carolina. I've actually spent more time in North Carolina in the past six weeks than I've spent in Maryland. Um, that's what I consider to be my home state. My wife kind of bristles when I say that, but it's how I feel. Um, I was born in Maryland, but I feel like I came of age and I was the most in uh, North Carolina. And so half of me lives in this and owns a house in the state that I was born in. And half of me feels spiritually or whatever you want to call it, like I should be in North Carolina. We've covered that at ad nauseum on this podcast. But when I heard this song, then I heard it in Wilmington and I was driving around Wilmington watching as, as we went by the high school, like Hoggard high school. And like, they still had the same colors. You know what I mean? The stuff that's mentioned in this song and we would walk into dockside and the girl that I used to work at the gym with is now working at Dockside and I didn't expect her to be there. And I'm like asking how she's doing and asking how her dad is doing, who used to teach film at the university and he's doing okay. And, and, you know, some got in and some got out, you know what I mean? It's, and it's not a cut on her by me saying that she's, she just stayed and she wanted to do certain things and she met other people. And there was multiple occasions where you go into a bar, or you see how it's changed or you see that, you know, the bartender's sister is now working or these types of things. And I'm not going to say Wilmington's a small town, but it's just the way that it is. So this idea of going back for memories, memories is a thousand percent what I was experiencing when I was in Wilmington. So I'm probably being too long about this, but that's why this song is, even though it came out a while ago, it hit me the most recently because my goodness, is this 
did they reach into their souls for this one? Because if you actually listen to it and you actually go back and you actually start experiencing stuff, especially when you're going back a couple of years later and you realize like what's changed and what hasn't and like, am I happy because I left? Did I find what I was looking for because I left? Is it the memories I'm coming back for? What am I doing on the road? I mean, that's, that's some deep shit. So good for them. And if you hear their live song, when Kelsey sings it with Kenny for the first time, she loses her shit. She like can't even get through the lyrics. It's it's cute, but like, and he he picks her up and and and, and carries her, and and they sung it together for the first time in Nasta, which is just meaningful shit. It reminds me a lot of um, like thematically to the Jake Owen song from a long time ago, uh, where the hook and the title of the song is like every reason that I left and every reason that I go back. Kind of similar idea there. I, I love songs, you know, talking about small towns like that. So I think it was a good pick. All right. Now let's move into our song of the year uh, selection. Um, the one that I went with is by a guy who probably had not probably definitely had the biggest year in country music this side of maybe Morgan Wallen, but he, but this guy definitely had the grew the fastest and and blew up the fastest. And that's Zach Bryan. Zach Bryan's released. He's such a prolific songwriter. He released something like 53 songs this year. And I would say that 48 of them are no skip songs. Like he is just, he, he went from playing, 1500 seat venues last year when I saw him to you can you have to spend $400 to see him in a, in an amphitheater. Uh, it's just, it's crazy what happened over the course of a year with this guy. He's really resonated with a lot of people, but his record American heartbreak was the country and cold cans album of the year. Fantastic record. Uh, it's going to be one of those records that like, you know, people that withstands the test of time, but there's one song in particular on that album that I found very interesting um, it's a song called Billy Stay, and uh, then we'll talk about it here in a second. Billy Stay, oh, wow. Lately you've been slipping in and out. Billy Stay, child. Tell me about that girl you dreamed about. So the reason I picked this one is because Zach is a very, very like uh, naturally good songwriter, but he's gotten even better in the last year. And this song is sung from the perspective of an old couple and it's sung from the wife's perspective while her husband is uh, battling dementia or uh, Alzheimer's. And it's like <clears throat> towards the end of her husband's life. His name is Billy, obviously. And he's sitting there slipping in and out of, you know, modern day. Sometimes he recognizes people. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, and at the same time, even when he, he falls into the parts where he's kind of out of it, he still it, it takes him back to like the old days of when they first met when they were young kids. And he like describes her uh, in like in his dreams and like the things of like when they got married and when they fell in love and everything. And then there's one particular uh, couple of lines in this song that is incredibly powerful and especially the the way that Zach delivers it vocally um in the bridge of the song uh towards the end where he, he's like um because as time goes by you don't know because love turns to loss 
And as time goes by, you don't know your own name, but you know mine. And kind of speaks to the impact of, of, you know, loved ones in your family. And in this particular case, you know, like a married couple who's been in, married for a super long time to where he may not even know who he is anymore, but he hasn't forgotten about his wife. And like, it's just like, it's an incredibly like powerful song and, and him writing it and singing it from the, the wife's perspective is a different twist, uh, coming from like modern songwriters where we're used to hearing about beer trucks and Daisy Dukes. So like good on Zach Bryan for, you know, this record, but in particular, Billy stay was a standout track on just the sheer quality and the uniqueness, um, you know, in modern music. So, uh, that's my selection for song of the year. That's awesome, man. That's, uh, I took your advice, um, and listened to that album. Uh, I was working out early one morning. I don't always sleep the best. And, uh, I listened to that album straight through and me and you don't all have the same taste in music. And that was a, that was a fascinating, um, that was a fascinating album. And that was a great song. The first time I heard it, I was, I got to the end and I was like, holy crap. That was, <laughs> that was a, that was a turn of, uh, words that I didn't expect. So, um, another album that I listened to all the way through. Uh, I wish I could tell you that it was going to be something different, but lyrically, look, this is where I'm at. If you guys have listened to us for this long, or you've listened to any of our podcasts, you probably picked up on this. I am doing okay for myself, but I am also I'm married and I'm happy, and I have hopefully soon six nieces or nephews that are the joy of my life. I really love being an uncle. I really love that I have friends that I can hop on a podcast with. Um, I love that I get to go to guys weekend and hang out with people. I'm hoping if uh, I'm hoping that if I am not at a niece or nephew's bedside and helping out with my family, which I love doing, um, I love being a help, then I, I would potentially be able to go to Christmas Eve and go see a bunch of friends and family that I that I um, really like hanging out with. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say there is there's a lot of things that are going right. I feel like I'm healthy and, uh, I live in a beautiful, beautiful place. And all that to say that it can be a struggle at times to look at all those things and to stack them all up on, on, on the side of the chart and to say, like, I feel like I should be happier. Or I feel like I should be less restless, or I feel like I should be more thankful, or I feel like I should be more content. And oftentimes what happens when you have a lot of good things going in your life is that you get restless and you get malcontent and you get discontent. And that's what I've been struggling with in case people haven't figured it out by now this year. And I feel like that's why the Miranda Lambert album of Palomino really, she's a great songwriter. And I get that like some people think it's, you know, she's hot and whatever, but like the bottom line is she basically made a road trip album, but the road, it was a, in my opinion, and I'm not quoting anyone on this, her album was about going on the road to find happiness, but it's a metaphor that you're constantly, if you're on the road, you're constantly looking for what's next, and you're constantly being seen as restless, and you're constantly twitching from thing to thing to find the next rest stop or the next best town or the I'm just a tourist. That's one of the album songs, right? And it's on our miserable and reckless playlist. Um, so the song that spoke to me the most and is my song of the year is Pursuit of Happiness. Happiness. 
it's a simple song. It doesn't, it's not going to blow you away. She talks about a couple of things in there that, um, uh, she leaves a tip at every diner. The idea there being sounds like she's frequenting more of those than she should. If you get the way I'm saying that, um, I'm, I'm known um, for going out and trying to have too many experiences at once or trying to make everything epic. Cause hopefully the experiences, you know, if I can stack enough of them together, um, she puts egregious amounts in the offering plate, hoping that the pearly gates will open. I mean, she's not just look, she's not just happy looking for happiness here. She's looking for happiness and, and peace, which is the opposite of restlessness on the other side. Right. Um, she's running just as fast as her heart can. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you the same thing that I'm trying to tell you. Which is, you she's pushing herself to the limit, right? <laughs> uh, pretty restless, changing tires, changing plans. And she's saying, I just call it my pursuit of happiness. I mean, I, I again, very positive year, very happy with where I'm at, very happy with all the things I have. But still, it's really hard to, the hardest thing, I think, is to battle that voice inside of you that tells you that 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 you need more or or you're not good enough or things are boring that's a tough one for me and to just to go after that i appreciate her maybe she's not saying it like coming coming out and saying it but i appreciate her saying it in her lyrics and this isn't the only song but that's why the song is the song of the year for me i wish i could tell you different I wish i could tell you it was like sit right here and have another beer in mexico or something but, <laughs> <laughs> or no shoes no shirt no problems <laughs> But <laughs> that's not exactly it. And that would be a little shallow if I picked that. So I figured I'd pick something deep. <laughs> a, little, a little deeper with a little more meat on the bone. <laughs> Palomino is a fantastic record. Um, I always butcher this, but uh, in my, my list of my top five favorite songs of the year, uh, Waxahachie made it at number two, actually. But, um, but yeah, it's a great record. So. Well, uh, I guess that concludes the miserable and reckless Christmas edition. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Stitcher. Um, leave us a comment on the Spotify description and or a up to one minute voicemail. Let us know, um, you know, what's there some traditions that you, maybe you want to share or just things that really grind your gears about the holidays. I'd love to hear that too. Uh, so uh, for Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, I'm Logan. I uh, hope you have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you in 2023.